Welcome to Building Teams with Teams & Co, where we explore how leaders can empower their teams, achieve ambitious strategies, and deliver an exceptional customer experience. Views expressed by guests are their own and may not reflect the views of Teams & Co. Mention of particular products or services and participation of a guest does not imply an endorsement by Teams & Co. The information provided is for educational and entertainment purposes and should not be taken as professional advice. Welcome to Building Teams with Teams & Co. Mike and I are excited to have another live session with you this week in honor of Small Business Week. I'm Tracy Eames, president and founder of Teams & Co. And we're a management consulting company that helps organizations accelerate their growth. And I'm Mike Vagalis. I'm a local entrepreneur and I am a proud consultant on the Teams & Co. team. Uh, Tracy, really excited to be here and, and talking with you this morning. Yeah, this is going to be a fun session. So one of the questions that Mike and I, you know, get a lot as we speak to other small businesses and and other organizations is, you know, what's onboarding and how should I be doing onboarding? There's a lot of questions around around the process. So we thought today we would, you know, answer all of your questions, give you a little bit of overview in terms of tips and insights we can offer and hopefully just have a have a fun have a fun podcast today. So Mike, maybe you could kick us off just giving everybody a, a sense of what onboarding is. Yeah. So really broadly speaking, onboarding is just giving your new employee everything, the, the resources, the introductions, um, and the trainings that they need to be successful in their new role. Yeah, exactly. I think when we think about onboarding, we think about it in two different ways, right? You, you might have a new employee who's entirely new to the organization. They've just joined your, their, your company. Or you might have an employee who's been with your company, but they're starting a new role. And in either of those situations, to Mike's point, you want to make sure that they have what they need to be successful. They know who they're going to be working with. They have all of the tools and resources at their fingertips in order to achieve their goals. So, my, you know, we often hear a lot of questions from, from organizations. And, and one of the things that we find most interesting is... As a leader or, you know, an HR professional, you may spend weeks or even months invested in finding the right team member. You'll interview them. You'll be writing job postings, be going through that whole process. But then the, the employee gets there on the first day and, and they have nothing to work with. They, their, their computer's not set up. They don't know who's on their team. And so it's a, it's a very big letdown for that employee experience. They're, they're super excited to start on day one. And they don't know where to turn for all of those resources in their role. So we just wanted to kind of chat with you a little bit about what are some of those things you could do on, on day one. So, so Mike, from, an, from, a, from a perspective of what can organizations do, what are, what are some of the ways that you think that a, a team could help a new employee join the company? Yeah. So the good news is uh, there's a lot of very practical and simple steps that leaders can take to onboard their employees really well. And the first thing is that it doesn't start on day one. It starts uh, a week or a couple of weeks before the first day of the employee. So the first thing that, you, that you're going to want to do is uh, meet with the HR professional that you are working with uh, in the recruiting and, uh, and hiring process and understand what are all the mandatory things that all new employees are required to do when they join your organization. Typically, we'll find that there's compliance trainings. Uh, we'll find that there is... Uh, paperwork to be signed, and you just want to make sure that all of that is set up ahead of time so you can map that into the schedule for the new employee on the first week. 
in a really similar way, you want to make sure that they have all the equipment that they need to be successful. Simple things like having a clean workstation that's welcoming for the new employee is really important. Having a computer that is ready to go, uh, that they just need to, to sign into on their first day goes a long way. And, you know, these sound like really, really simple things, but see if you can do something to actually personalize the, that, you know, the workstation and everything when you're inviting the new employee in. Um, having a, something as simple as a welcome sign or maybe flowers or a couple handwritten notes from the team members just expressing excitement at the new employee joining the team. All of these are such small little things and they're absolutely free. But we know that the most important thing for so many of us when we go into work is feeling like we're welcome and feeling like we are wanted by our leader, by our team members. Um, and so those are all simple, free things that you can do. And again, it's not rocket science. It's just something that we don't see every organization do consistently. And as such, it's just a missed opportunity. Yeah, and I would say like that, all of those things make for that really exceptional experience on day one, right? And and I think paired with that is all of the all of the meetings and kind of cadence that a new employee might need, right? So to Mike's point, you want to do those simple things on day one, make sure they're set up. Uh, also to his point, if there's mandatory trainings or a couple of days of paperwork, we've all we've all been there for those, you know, hey, the first day you're just gonna, you know, fill out paperwork, do your trainings, that's fine. There might be a new employee training where your company has something where, you know, the person who's starting that day also gets to meet other people who have recently started in, in the organization. That's awesome. Um, but you also want to kind of set out what does their first week or two weeks look like? And then as their leader, you want to give them the tools to map out what their 30, 60, 90 days will look like. So some of the things that you want to be thinking about are on the first day, do you have a team lunch? If this person's joining the, you know, the finance team or the operations team, you know, do you have a few folks that will, you know, be able to sit down for an informal lunch, chat with them about what they do, just get to informally meet your team members, right? You as their leader, make sure you have time with them on day one so you can sit down and again, welcome them to the team, walk them through what their onboarding will be like for the next couple of weeks. If your organization's not very big, maybe you don't need a few weeks, but you do want to lay out a calendar where that employee gets to meet all the people that they're going to be working with, get to attend all the different cross-functional meetings that they may be involved with, and has plenty of time with you throughout that first couple of weeks to ask questions and get feedback on different areas, right? So we've all been a new employee, and it's like a fire hose of information. Setting them up with regular intervals with you as their leader will just help them have different checkpoints to digest that information. You can then also kind of set them up with this tool where they individually can say, okay, now that I've been through onboarding, what are my, what are my next kind of 30, 60, 90 days look like? Um, but that's a really nice way to structure their beginning of their role because they, they know who they should go to from now on, right? Mike, I'm sure you've been in this situation. You start a new role and all of a sudden you have a question. And you're like, who's the person who manages X? And, and if you haven't right. met with that person, there's no way of knowing who that is. So, uh, you know, these meetings can be really helpful for, for employees as they start new roles and especially at a new company. Yeah, I want to double click on the schedule for a moment because I think that it can be done in a really, really powerful way that shows uh, the, the new person joining your team uh, that, that you've actually 
that you care enough about them and their success to have planned for them to join. And so I think having a well thought out schedule is really important. Uh, one thing that uh, we've seen work really well is to segment the first week or the first couple of weeks or however long it makes sense into, you know, get some variety in their days. Um, so we know that there's trainings and there are likely courses that they need to take in their uh, when they're starting the new role. So see if you can maybe segment some of their days where where you spend some of the day, maybe the morning or the afternoon on those those mandatory uh, trainings to, to build up their institutional knowledge. Um, if they're, for instance, a new financial analyst and every financial analyst is required to go through uh, a set of technical trainings and modules, um, you know, schedule those for the mornings, for instance. And then in the afternoons, give them time to start getting a sense for what the normal day will look like. As Tracy mentioned, inviting them to team meetings, uh, getting them in on cross-functional huddles, uh, giving them the opportunity to, to see what the real day-to-day -day, uh, looks and feels like is really important. And then I can't overstate enough the importance of introducing them to their direct working team. And, and a great way to do that is is a lunch or, or maybe a happy hour after work one, one morning uh, or having bagels and coffee uh, one of the mornings is a great way to show them that they feel valued. And then we like to think about introducing people in the organization like, like a compass. So you wanna be introducing your new employee to people north and south. So who are the more senior leaders that you can introduce them to? And who are maybe more junior people that either might be at their peer level or may even be you know, more, more junior to the, the new employee yourself. But giving them the perspective to meet people at all different levels vertically in the organization is really, really important. And then uh, horizontally, you know, every organization is made up of different business units. Um, it's made up of finance and sales and IT and legal, uh, all the different business units or geographic areas and giving your employee the opportunity to to go east and west on the compass will give them a much uh, more robust understanding of how that organization functions and the best way to initiate those conversations is in their onboarding uh, giving them the 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 people in the organization for them to to then follow up with and get to know better over the course of their time in that role will make them a much better, well-rounded employee with resources and mentors and perspectives that they that they will need to lean on in order to maximize their effectiveness while on your team. Yeah, I love that. I'm glad you dove into that, Mike, because I think there's a lot of things you don't expect on day one, right? For example, you might hire an employee and in the role they're starting in, they don't have an expense report, right? Like they're not going to be having expenses. They don't need to file that. So you don't necessarily think about it, but you might, you know, if, especially if they're in sales and marketing, you know, a few months down the road, decide, hey, let's have them go to a trade show. Let's have them meet some customers, right? Like, let's get them out. And that's a critical part of onboarding for anybody in the commercial organization. You want to be thinking about who are those stakeholders outside of our organization that they need to meet very quickly, right? If you're if you're in charge of sales or marketing, you want to get out, get to know your customers, get to know how you can serve them better, what they find valuable. But if that happens and you haven't met the person on finance who's going to help you with your, you know, the rules and regulations around your expense report, all of a sudden you, you have no idea how that works. And so 
you know, your idea about kind of making it broader than you think it should be is a nice way to a just get people to know people in a new organization. It's also a great way to set them up for future success and give you the opportunity to kind of know that whenever something, you know, an opportunity arises, they probably already have some internal contacts that can help them through those things. So I think that's a, that's a really great ad. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, onboarding is a little bit like uh, Benjamin Franklin said, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And a good onboarding really follows that maxim. Uh, you onboard your employee and it doesn't take that much effort. It, it really doesn't. But all those little touches that you can do in the first couple weeks set the tone for what hopefully will be a really long-term employment with that organization. So uh, again, we we talk a lot on these on these podcasts and Tracy with our clients, and so often we are, you know, we're, we're in the world of a pound of cure. We are diagnosing problems and roadblocks, and we are really helping to unravel uh, things that just naturally go wrong in the course of an organization. Onboarding is one of these really fun topics because it's not that hard or that complex. Um, it's just, there is a right way to do it. And following some of these little steps that Tracy and I talk about really go a long way toward preventing much bigger problems down the road and protect the, the, the investment, the time and the cost investment that you made in you know, hiring and recruiting and everything to find this person that you've decided is the right person to bring on to your team. Yeah, I think oftentimes we we hear leaders, um, we've had leaders at least ask, you know, is is it the right investment in time? You know, is it is it valuable that somebody's having all these informal lunches or just, you know, this person's not in sales. Why would I have them sit and listen to customer support phone calls? And what we always say is exactly that, which is if you can welcome a new employee, right? It's not just about the welcoming them. You're giving them a view into your business and into your customers where their wheels are turning. They're almost kind of like an external consultant at that point, right? The valuable part of bringing in a company like Teams & Co is we give you an outside perspective. Every time you hire a new employee, you have that opportunity. You have somebody who's coming in with a fresh perspective who can listen to customer phone calls, who can you know, meet with different team members, learn about new processes. And then they're ready to come back to you and say, hey, do you know it's, it's kind of interesting that you do this this way because at my old organization, we did it this way and it was really effective. Or have you ever thought about you know, on customer calls to be able to you know, handle it in this manner? And you never know where there's new, those new, cool, innovative ideas come from. And a lot of times we miss those opportunities because it's all about like, how do we save time? How do we get this person to hit the ground running as soon as they join the organization and start contributing? And honestly, the best way to do that is to take the step back, give that person, you know, a week or two to really start to sink their teeth into the organization, meet new people, understand the customer, because you're going to be able to take, uh, you know, take advantage of the fact that they do have that new perspective and while they're learning, they're also going to help you learn. And together, you can maybe update some of those processes that, you know, th those are the ones that we all say, I don't know, it's just the way we do it, right? And and having a new, fresh perspective helps update those those processes over time. Yeah, it's not to 
constantly be the uh, person that quotes other smarter people. Uh, but it, it goes back to sort of Stephen Covey, the seven habits of highly effective people go slow to go fast. Um, you know, we, we get it. If you've hired a new person, you are really excited to plug them in and get them going and they'll, they'll get there, but they will be much more effective for a whole lot longer if you start them slow. And that doesn't mean not giving them any work. It just means giving them the space to meet the people in the organization, to look at things with a fresh perspective and, and to do, to set the right building blocks and the right foundation for them to be successful in that role uh, again for a long time. Um, you're sort of working them. They come into the organization and you hire them because they're an extremely competent person that you believe is going to be great in the role that you hired them into and hopefully has the potential to grow into roles of larger responsibility. But when they start, it's your job to help them one, feel welcome and two, give them the institutional knowledge, um, give them the, the time to learn about your industry, about your business, about your customer, about their role within the organization uh, and introduce them to the people um, that make the, the organization run. And that does take a little bit more time. It's a lot easier and too many organizations skip those steps. They rush the onboarding process <clears throat> and they put somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, and they put somebody into a, a job that they haven't really prepared them for. And you can take a really great, competent person uh, and just set them up, not in the best way possible, just because you're you're trying to rush it. So all that to say, yeah. don't be that person and onboard correctly. Yeah, and I think that that's a, I mean, I think that's the thing, right? Every organization can determine what correctly means to them, right? There's no set pattern of you must do these seven things. We're giving you helpful tips, right? You you might say, hey, that one doesn't maybe fit my organization as well. This one fits really well. And so as you're going through it, you're gonna you're gonna figure out what works. And to that, before we dive in to listener questions, I would say I have two more tips around onboarding. One is again, schedule those rather regular check-ins with your team members who you're onboarding. So if you're their direct leader, make sure that it's not, you know, you don't have to have just a once a week meeting with them. Maybe have two half hour meetings with them their first day or just schedule a quick 15 minute check in each morning to say, hey, you know what? I totally get it. I'm going to be in back to back meetings all day. But this week, I just want to make sure the first 15 minutes of every day, we just do a quick touch base. You have what you need for the day. You'd be surprised that over the course of one week, that's literally an hour and 15 minutes of your time. But it feels so nice to the new employee because they're like, wow, my leader is very invested in my success. They're taking the time every day to make sure I have what I need. That's also your time with them to get that feedback, right? So that's your time to say, hey, did you learn anything interesting? Is there anything you'd improve? Get their feedback. At the end of onboarding, my tip number two is ask them how onboarding went. So ask them like, hey, is there anything you would have done different? Is there anything we didn't provide that you would like us to provide to the next person we hire that you think would be really helpful? Was there anything that you did that you thought was like, eh, I didn't really need that. It was kind of too much handholding for me. Whatever it is, get their feedback. Ask them how the experience went because it'll help you continuously improve your onboarding. You might, to Mike's point, the important thing is that you're doing onboarding and that you're going to continue to learn and improve that process. So it doesn't have to be perfect the first time. 
your you know your new team member will appreciate that you tried um that you you were trying to welcome them you were trying to empower them with those tools and resources and this is your first opportunity to ask them for feedback so if during this process you're asking for their opinion and then you're showing them that you're going to implement that in the onboarding process later on that's their first inclination to say hey feedback's important in this organization my leader cares about my feedback and you're setting the stage for a really really great relationship because they know they can come to you with ideas you'll hear their ideas and then you guys can talk about how you implement them or if it's the what's the best way to implement different ideas Tracy a question for you on how you you would recommend organizations handle virtual onboarding yeah, I think this is a this is a great one. It actually came up in one of our previous podcasts around um, if if folks remember speaking to Brett Hampson. If you if you haven't listened to that episode, I would definitely take a list, listen to it. It was a great conversation that we had with Brett around you know kind of engaging employees, especially in a virtual context. And and this is a reality we've all had to face, right? We've we maybe some of us you know some organizations may have more in person work coming back. People might be returning to the office. But there also still may be a fair amount of people working from home. And you may not have the opportunity, depending on the circumstances that you're in, to meet your new team member face to face. Or they may not have that opportunity with other team members, right? So depending on the kind of the the you know the restraints that you're dealing with, there there could be some nuances to onboarding that um, would be a little bit different virtually than they would be in person. But the premise stays the same, right? And we've all kind of come up with new ways of working as we're virtual. So the same thing, right? So set up a Zoom call, right, at lunch where you say, hey, everybody make your own lunch, be ready at 12 o'clock. We're all going to sit down for a, a super informal Zoom call, you know, just just a chit chat, have like no no business that you have to cover, just introduce the new team member. It's a-okay for everybody to be eating their lunch and drinking, right? Like it's it's, you know, I think some people get really nervous about like, well, is it is it rude if I you know want to drink my my uh, water or my juice and oh, can I eat my sandwich on this call? Like with onboarding, especially that first team meeting, you want to make sure everybody knows it's it's super informal, just as if you were in person eating lunch, right? Mm-hmm. So there's still ways to kind of leverage technology. You still might want to set up those daily check-ins. They don't have to be on Zoom. People are starting to feel Zoom fatigue, but maybe you just quickly call your new team member each morning and just say, "Hey, how are things going?" Or you shoot them an email and say, hey, I'm not available at nine this morning, but how about we check in at three just to kind of make sure, again, they're feeling good. They have what they need. Doesn't have to be, you know, super time consuming. One of the great ideas that came up on the last podcast when we were chatting about it is is having just open office hours. This is something that we've heard a lot of and we've seen organizations start using where a leader will say, hey, you know what? I don't have any meetings today from two to four. So if you want time, just grab it on my calendar or I'll just be logged into Zoom and you can come join in and ask me a question and then leave. But they just kind of keep Zoom or whatever they use open, right? A video chat line open. People come in, ask them a question. Once they're done asking the question, they leave. And it's kind of an open an open office hours, super informal work session that teams can use. Um, but I think that's important, right? You want to make sure if your team is in all different locations, they still have an opportunity to meet each other, right? You still want to make sure that they get to meet other leaders, even if that's on a video or a phone call. You still want to make sure that they have the opportunity to, maybe you can't go out to meet customers in person, but again, maybe you can set up a phone call with customers and the salesperson who leads that relationship 
So there's there's still ways that obviously uh, it's not the same, but the premise kind of holds. And if you can think about, okay, what are the ways that we can achieve some of these things? Um, if we can't get out to talk to all the customers, maybe there's some customer research we have that we can give you to read. And then we can have a couple of phone calls after that. Maybe there's some customer survey results that I can read, right? There's there's resources we have in each one of our organizations to help, you know, bring that voice of the customer in, even if we can't see the customer in person necessarily. So those are those are some of the ideas that I have. Mike, I, I'm not, if you have other things to add, I would love to hear, love to hear your feedback too. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you covered it. Um, only other idea is if you can expense it, if you would expense a lunch when you're taking a new employee or your team out, you know, consider getting creative and getting everybody a, a $20 gift card to uh, to Grubhub or Postmates or, or something like that, um, just as a way for, for you to, again, make sure that everybody feels welcome and included and, and really wants to, to be there uh, to welcome the new employee. Uh, think about how you can do some of those other things virtually. Um, if you were going to handwrite the new employee notes and leave them on their desk, <clears throat> maybe encourage your team to, to shoot them a quick welcome email. Um, if you, you know, the making introductions to other people in the organization largely looks the same. Um, check with the people that you're going to make introductions uh, to, and then and then go ahead and just send the same email introductions and, and um, encourage the new employee to follow up either via phone or Zoom or uh, Google Hangouts or whatever your organization uses. Um, but no, Tracy, I, I think that you hit it. Yeah, I think I think you bring up a good point. There's so many things that technology offers us today that they're not, you know, um, obviously we're all, you know, we've all been virtual for a while, so we know many of them, but you can even ask other leaders for their advice, right? Like, what did you do when you hired somebody during, you know, the potential when we, when we, during this time where we potentially couldn't see each other? Um, you know, there might be other leaders in your organization that have ideas. It's a great way to keep that brainstorming going. Um, you know, one more thing that I was just thinking of as you were talking, Mike, is is what are those resources that they still want to make sure they have logins to, right? Do you have an intranet? Do you have other tools that your team specifically has been using uh, while you've been virtual, right? So did you sign them up with, you know, the account for the virtual, the meeting space? Did you sign them up for whatever other virtual tools they're using? So they're, they're kind of subscriptions are ready and they're, they're able to join anything they need to join. So um, one more thing just to kind of think about, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's doable. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so what another question that we're, that we're, that we're coming in and getting is, um, you know, do you have to onboard a current employee that's starting a new role? So if somebody has been in my organization and they've been a part of the team, but they're taking on a new role, do I still onboard that, that team member? Uh, Short answer is yes. Um, I, I think a really pertinent question and, and nuance there is, is how you do it, right? So um, I think that the goal for any new employee that you're that you're bringing onto your team, and and this is true for somebody that's external and, and somebody that that's an in, somebody that's an internal hire, is uh, making sure that you are making them feel really welcome, that you're equipping them with helpful resources. And that you're just generally treating that person with with respect. So somebody that's a new employee, you probably don't need to put them through the same uh, institutional sort of trainings and and knowledge. Maybe you assume that this person has, or, or you shouldn't assume, but you should ask the person, um, you know, 
how the relationship base looks in the organization and who you might be able to help introduce them to. So I think assuming a certain level of uh, uh, incoming knowledge and uh, understanding about the organization is a great way that you can help a new employee um, you know, feel respected and valued when they come on. So, so they will still need to learn a lot about your team. They'll need to meet you and get to know you. They'll need to uh, meet the other team members. But there are absolutely going to be things that your team does differently. Your team likely will have a different culture uh, than their other team. So bringing them in, helping understand what do they know, what gaps do they feel like they have, and actually involving them in sort of the creation of some of the onboarding process can be a great way to show that person uh, respect and make them feel valued. But at the same time, you do need structure. You you know the things about your uh, your organization, your team, and their new role, and you can help create some some infrastructure around what trainings do they absolutely need to be a part of, um, what, what things do they need to do to to get themselves. Uh, transition effectively from their old role in, onto your team. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think you make a really great point, Mike, which is the they might not need all the kind of, quote unquote, basic information about the organization, right? They already have some relationships. So that frees up their time to really take that next level, which you talked about, right? And that it helps engage them in the process. Like, who do you want to meet? Is there a mentor you want? Like, what do you think would best prepare you for this role specifically? Um, one thing we've seen, you know, work as part of onboarding, you know, both for a new employee, but also for just a new person joining your team, to your point about each team has a little bit of a different dynamic, right? So we recommend the usage of a team assimilation. A lot of times organizations use these just when a new leader joins, like, oh, this new person's going to lead our team. We should do a new leader assimilation so the team can learn about their communication style and how they manage people, which 100% we agree with. It's also great if you do a team assimilation when somebody new is joining the team as a team member, because it allows them to ask the same questions like, you know, what are the kind of communication styles of this team? What are the tools you use? What are, you know, some of the things that you guys really enjoy working on? What are the expectations for me in this role as a new team member? So it, again, it just gives kind of a more structured approach if that's better for you and your team, but a great way to kind of shift and the focus of like a new leader assimilation into being more of a team kind of bonding experience and team communication tool. Yeah, that's really good, Tracy. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I don't have much more to add, add on that one, but I, I, I do see another um, uh, question coming in that I think is, is really related. Um, and that's actually for, for more senior hires. Um, so this person's wondering, you know, it seems like, um, a lot of our conversation is certainly applicable for, uh, for more junior team members, but Tracy, what, what would you recommend for somebody that's coming in at, at a higher, higher level? Yeah, of course. I think it's a great question. I actually say onboarding starts in the interview process for a senior leader. So when I was actually interviewing for senior leadership roles, I would always ask that the team I'd be leading would be a part of my interview process, right? It's really important to make sure the team feels like they're able to, you know, meet the candidates for that managerial role before they join the organization. It helps create a lot of team buy-in if they're part of that interview process. For the leader, it also gives the leader the opportunity to meet the team 
way before starting up the organization, right? So on day one, it's not the first time we've all met each other and we're like, oh, hi, I'm the new team leader. Um, there's been a little bit of interaction between the team and the leader before that because it happened during the interview process. That, again, that doesn't have to be super formal. It can be as easy as like a group interview, right? The team can have lunch and kind of meet the new leader and, you know, talk about it that way. Again, if you're virtual and you need to do that online, great. That, that can be organized as well. But I would think about kind of ways that you can have that new leader meet the team even before potentially they're chosen as the leader of that team um, because it helps build engagement before onboarding. Now, once you've been hired and, and you're ready to go, you want to especially think about the ways that this, this senior leader may be interacting externally, right? So there might be certain trade shows you want that person at. There might be certain key customers that that person needs to meet, right? The Especially if they're leading a sales team, like who are those national customers or, you know, unique customers, right? You don't want to be looking always at just your big customers. You want to be focused on what are the unique needs of all your different customer groups, and as your sales leader, do I have a good understanding of how we serve each of those customer groups? So at the senior leadership level, it might look like a little bit more of the events. It might look like a little bit more of those, you know, leadership to leadership meetings um, versus, um, you know, kind of general like listening to customer support calls. But also what I would I would build in time for any senior leader to have the time to experience the roles of the people that they're leading and the people of the teams that they work with. So I've heard really great stories from organizations where, you know, if you're going to be leading the marketing or the sales team, you do ride-alongs or you do kind of visits with the sales reps. So you know what it looks like, right? If you're going to be the director of marketing, making materials for, you know, the sales team, it's great to know what the sales team's day looks like. Again, based on kind of current situation, we might not be able to do a ride along. Totally get that. Set up a conversation with a sales rep and that senior leader to say, hey, walk me through what your day looks like. Walk me through what you like about these materials, what maybe we don't have in terms of materials that you need. Building those relationships are gonna build that feedback from your frontline employees to those senior leaders and create more of a communication cadence. Again, great opportunity just to build that into your organization it also gives that senior leader a great way to interact with people, get real feedback about what's happening in the organization and get a good sense of their customers, right? We all often talk about the kind of ivory tower syndrome. When we sit in meetings all day, we don't actually ever get out, right? We don't actually, you know, talk to people outside of our organization. And so what we want to make sure that we have the opportunity to do Again, totally respect the fact that a lot of this might happen virtually. You still want to make sure that you're having those conversations, whether it's a phone call, you know, uh, a, you know, a Zoom or a video call, whatever you use, but making sure you're building those connections between senior leaders, frontline employees, and your customers to make sure that senior leader can really articulate what the customer value that we deliver is and how that strategy lines up to it. So when we talk about alignment, our senior leaders are the ones making sure we're staying aligned to our strategy. So if I'm bringing on a new senior leader, they need to know 100% what's valuable to my customer, how my strategy delivers that value, and how all of our teams work to make sure that we're delivering that strategy. And so meeting people who do all of those things is very helpful. Yeah. 
Tracy, I, think, I, I literally can't think of anything more to say. I think you, I think you nailed it. Just means I rambled for an extra amount of time on that answer. So that's one of my it's one of my favorite <laughs> topics. I think especially when you're a senior leader and you get brought into an organization, you want to know all those things, right? You're really excited about helping determine the direction of that organization, and so. Uh, again, we kind of fall into that trap of, oh, we've got a new vice president or a new, you know, senior director starting. We want that person to start contributing on day one. But the way they can start contributing on day one is actually learning on day one and then starting to share their insights. Right. Like just they get the time to ask a ton of questions. They get the time to firsthand see how our team members are experiencing their roles and they can start improving that right away. Right. Like that's where you might start to say, like, hey. Did you know we could be doing this for our team members and it would make it much more engaging for them? Or we could remove this process and it would make them much easier for them to serve our customers. And so you get you get a really good uh, you know return on in that investment in terms of time. Yeah, I, the thing that I think you hit on that's just um, really emphasizes the the way that we truly believe uh, at, at Teams and Cone, the way we see the world. Just want to underscore a couple points. One is Organizational success starts with delivering value to your customers. So whether you're bringing on a new employee um, and they're a you know maybe very junior employee or a senior leader, uh, one thing Tracy that you emphasized a couple times for any any uh, you know new person that's coming onto your team is in their orientation make sure that they are learning the the voice of the customer, um, getting them integrated into their new ecosystem by helping them to develop relationships, uh, whether that's with the people that they lead, the people that will be leading them, uh, or some people that, that they may you know be working with or, or maybe even not working with, sort of east and west across the different units of the organization. And then just a little bit of thoughtfulness and a little bit of uh, pre-planning goes a really long way um, to help a new person feel valued. Um, and whether they're, again, the most senior leader in, the, in a new organization or whether they're a new employee, recognizing that somebody that's starting a new job, um, even, it's, if, even if it's within the same organization, they're likely coming in with a healthy dose of nerves and excitement. And doing what you can with a little bit of pre-planning, uh, you can help them to, to amplify their excitement and alleviate a little bit of their nerves by making them feel welcome uh, just and just by being a person. Um, and I think that, you know, we, we talked about a lot of those things. And again, uh, just just taking those those few small steps really does go a really long way. Yeah, I would agree, Mike. And I think um, now that we've spoken about this for a while, folks might feel like, oh, wow, this is really daunting. Literally, this takes a couple of hours, right? So if you think about the time that you're going to actually spend making an onboarding plan, it's not that long, right? You're going to email HR. You're going to say, hey, what trainings does this person have to take? You'll get the email back and you'll just plug the dates into the calendar. You're going to, you know, kind of, you know, to Mike's point, maybe have everybody send everybody a link for like an e-card and then everybody can like fill out a digital e-card to just welcome that person to the team. You know, you're going to map out different people and kind of take a look at their calendars and find the one-on-one -on -one time. Or you can even ask your team to do that. You can say, hey, uh, everybody, I want you to find an hour of time on, you know, so-and-so's calendar. Um, we've already set the calendar up, right? So you've already talked to IT. They've set that person's email and calendar up so they're in the system. 
your team can just go in and schedule their own time. So you have to set up the like team call, but you know, the people that they're working with can kind of fit it within their schedule and make sure that they do it, you know, just say, Hey, make sure you do it in, in week one. Um, so there's ways that you can kind of, you know, share the responsibility of the, the calendar getting built out, but it doesn't, it honestly doesn't take too long. And to Mike's, to Mike's point, it goes, it goes a long way with a, when you're starting a new role or with a new organization to make that person feel welcome and also kind of build those initial pieces of the feedback loop. So hopefully this has helped. Uh, and, uh, if, if you have any questions, please visit us on social media. We're happy to answer your questions anytime. You can find us on LinkedIn. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Um, LinkedIn and Facebook are probably the best ones for questions in terms of a discussion back and forth, but happy to answer your questions wherever you send them. Um, and hopefully you'll, you'll turn in, tune in for uh, next, uh, our next episode and, and the closeout of uh, Small Business Week tomorrow. So thanks again for joining us, everybody. You've been listening to Building Teams with Teams & Co. To learn more about the latest thinking on how to empower your team to deliver exceptional results or to book a consultation, please visit us at teamsandco.com or follow us at LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook.